the volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lakers Tonight is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. It's a great place to bet on the NBA. It's America's number one sportsbook, and you get winnings delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay. If you are new, just download FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code JasonT so they know I sent you. 21-plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, Permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. one 877 Hope NY or text Hope NY to 467-369 in New York. In Tennessee Redline, dial 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Lakers Tonight, presented by FanDuel here on The Volume. I am Jason Timp. Happy Monday, everybody. I hope you all had a great weekend. I hope you enjoyed the Super, Duel, Super Bowl. I used FanDuel to bet $100 on Rams minus 4.5, which I obviously lost. But I was fortunate enough to jump on a live line on FanDuel in the middle of the game. 
and catch the Rams at plus 105. So technically, I made five dollars yesterday. So obviously, I'm I'm feeling like a a high ro- a high roller. Um, but we're gonna talk basketball today. We're gonna talk a little bit about this report that came out in the Athletic about Jeannie Buss and her <laughs> newfound rediscovered reliance on Magic Johnson. Uh, then we're gonna talk a little bit about James Harden and him missing his first opportunity to play with the Sixers as well as the All-Star game, whether I think that's something or nothing. And then if you stick around to the end, we're going to do our first ever edition of the Power Rankings, which we're going to call Timp's Top 10, because obviously that's what we should call it. So we're going to try that if you stick around to the end. But let's start with the Lakers. So I'm not even going to call it a report, because this was on the record. This was Jeannie Buss being quoted in The Athletic, essentially saying that she very much has leaned a lot on Magic Johnson this year in all of the uh, drama that has surrounded the Lakers. And it was immediately discouraging for anybody who's been following the Lakers over the course of this stretch. I've been covering the Lakers now for four years. And before we go any further, I just really quickly wanted to read off the highlight reel of the Laker front office and ownership group over the course of this four-year stretch because I think it does a nice job of framing what I'm going to try to say here. Now, again, this is just in the last four years. And yes, every NBA front office has black marks. Every NBA front office has made mistakes. But this is genuinely impressive. So for starters, in the summer of 2018, they let Julius Randle walk for nothing. Mind you, this was the seventh overall pick, a legitimate lottery player who was trending in the right direction And the Lakers just didn't want to deal with whatever was associated with keeping him, whether it was his attitude, whether it was the money, whether it was the complication of trying to sign and trade him. They just let him walk. Shortly thereafter, they let Brooke Lopez walk. Brooke Lopez, the center who could shoot, which obviously made a ton of sense with LeBron James, but they decided to let him walk. He said on the record later that year that he wanted to stay in L.A. and they didn't extend the offer to him. And as a result, the Lakers ended up playing a 36-year-old Tyson Chandler for the vast majority of that season alongside JaVale McGee. And they were desperate for having competent front court play. And the option was right there in front of them. They let him walk. Then they signed Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley because Magic Johnson had the genius idea of getting the basketball out of LeBron James' hands. Mind you, this was about a month after he led the Cavs to the finals again with the ball in his hands. The galaxy brain idea of taking the ball out of LeBron's hands that Magic Johnson had in that summer. Then they, at the deadline, panic-traded Avika Zubac for Mike Muscala, which Zubac is one of the better backup centers that you can find in the league, and Mike Muscala basically was just a big guy who could shoot and didn't make any shots with the Lakers, another disaster. Then going into that offseason, they traded Danny Green in a first-round pick for Dennis Schroeder, which, again, I understand the idea there, this idea of, getting playmaking around LeBron, but that was the first step in the transition from the Lakers away from being a big team that had shooting to a small team. And in the case of Dennis Schroeder, a huge part of why the Lakers had such spacing problems in that season. They also signed Montrez Harrell with the mid-level exception that year. Again, Montrez Harrell, a clutch client. So we had back-to-back off seasons where we didn't look for the best player. We looked for a clutch client to join the team in that mid-level exception spot. They ditched their rim-protecting bigs in Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee for slower, smaller bigs. Small like Montrezl Harrell and big and slow like Marcus Gasol. Don't really understand why they did that. Didn't make any sense. The Dwight and JaVale thing worked great. They just decided to switch things up. 
They Then you have the rust trade and everything that has been wrapped into that. I'm not even going to get into it, but the Alex Caruso decision to let him walk was very much attached to the rush trade. Now looking at this, I'm not even sure that Taylor Horton Tucker is, although I'm higher on him than most, he's having a rough season. I'm not even sure if he was the right guy for the Lakers to invest in financially. And then the last part, this last offseason, you're desperate as a fan watching the team sign a big guy, sign somebody who's six seven and can run and jump. Nope. The only wings they signed were Trevor Ariza, who's old, and Carmelo Anthony, who's old, both of which were obviously going to be inadequate for what the Lakers needed out of that position. And instead, they signed a million guards who can't defend and are and have gaping holes in the important areas of the game. Again, all those things I just read are just in the last four seasons. And that makes sense when you look at it from the perspective of the fact that the three biggest influencing, like influential forces that are guiding Jeannie Buss in her decision-making are Magic Johnson, literally the guy who had the genius idea of getting the ball out of LeBron's hands, and Kurt Rambis, the guy who went into Frank Vogel's coaching meeting and said, more DeAndre Jordan, please, and Rob Polinka, who's obviously more in the trenches than those guys are, but in terms, when you compare him to the rest of the league, is far from the best at that specific skill set. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's a it's a glaring lack of self-awareness. You know, it's funny. I was joking with my wife earlier. Like, we remodeled a house in 2019. And I had a bunch of experience remodeling houses because that's what I did at the time. But this was the first one I ever remodeled for myself. And going into it, we had a budget. And I had to decide which things I would do and which things I would outsource. And I decided to do the obvious things that I could do. I could paint. I could swing a sledgehammer. I could use a rake to do some landscaping. I could install some cabinets. What I could not do was plumbing and electrical. I would have spent hours on YouTube, and chances are I would never have gotten capable enough of doing an adequate job on those things in the way that a professional could. Because the professional studies it every single day. Because the professional is in the trenches. Because the professional uses continuing education to stay up on all of the modern areas of their profession. And that's what the Lakers need to be doing. Magic Johnson is like me calling a plumber that hasn't worked since 1980. I'm not sure that, uh, yes, he has plumbing experience, but Magic Johnson's retired. Do you think Magic Johnson is in the weeds on League Pass, watching all these teams, trying to get a feel for what's working in the modern NBA? Do you think Kurt Rambis is doing that? Do you think Kurt Rambis watched DeAndre Jordan play much before he tried to force Frank Vogel into playing him more? And then Rob Palinka, the guy who is, you know, I, I'm not going to, he he's your, he's more along the lines of someone who's done good and bad over this stretch. So I don't want to slander him to too much of an extent, but he's not in the trenches the way some of these other guys are. But it all kind of comes back to Jeannie Buss and her insistence on leaning on what's comfortable for her. It'd be like if I needed plumbing, but I decided to call my dad to help me do it. I don't understand why I would do that. He's not the man for the job. All there is there is familiarity. But that familiarity is all that matters to Genie Bus. And that extends to even LeBron and AD, who clearly with their personnel uh, uh, recommendations that they're making, are saying, let's sign clutch guys. When very clearly coming into the season, that mid-level exception needed to be used on a big wing. And instead of it being Rudy Gay, a guy who's big and can do big guy stuff, it was Kendrick Nunn, yet another little guard who's offensively oriented. And that's really troubling. 
Because you've seen, as Laker fans, what you get when you get a grinder. When you get a guy who's really in the trenches. The Lakers scouting department, for instance, is one of the best in the league. Those guys find incredible gems in the undrafted class, in the G League, in the second round, in the late first round. Their track record is unassailable. You know that there is a work that's being done behind the scenes to locate those guys. But the top three guys that are influencing Laker personnel decisions are literally three people that aren't doing the work. They are family friends. They are close and familiar to Jeannie Buss. They aren't the right people for the job. You know, and say what you want. There's there's this war that happens on Twitter between, like, the blog boys and the people who have a real basketball background. But say what you want about the blog boys. Those guys are working. Those guys are watching games. Sometimes they watch too many spreadsheets alongside the games, but they're watching games. That's what the Lakers need. Not necessarily one of those guys, but somebody with a basketball background that actually is in the trenches, that is traveling around and watching games in Europe, that is constantly on NBA League Pass, watching dozens and dozens of games every week, not just games that the Lakers play in, and actually doing the work that you need to do to be a successful general manager in this league. It doesn't take a lot to look at the landscape of the league and understand that the Lakers ditched all their size and that was going to be a problem. That's literally why all of us were pleading for Wesley Matthews or pleading for Rudy Gay or pleading for James Ennis or whoever it was we were pleading for this summer when we just wanted somebody who was tall on the team. Because we watch the games. Because we pay attention to league pass. Because we see what works in the NBA these days. And that's concerning. There, you know, like I said in the last show, Rob Polinka had pointed out that everybody needs to look in the mirror. And Jeannie Buss needs to be the next person to look in the mirror. Because far too often, and that's what's so crazy about this story from The Athletic, in terms of just being tone deaf. How is it that with everything that's going on, you thought it was a good idea to go on the record that the, that the guy you're leaning on right now is the same guy who made a fool of himself quitting on the franchise literally during a game last, in, the, in the 2019 season? Again, you need to apply the certain amount of respect to Magic Johnson for what he accomplished in the league. I'm not trying to circumvent that at all. He's the best point guard to ever play the game. He deserves all the requisite respect. However, this dude is not a guy who should be making NBA personnel decisions in the year 2022. Neither is Kurt Rambis, and neither is Kurt Polinka, or uh, Rob Polinka. So Jeannie Buss needs to wake up and learn from her scouting department and find people that are actually willing to do the work on that front. Because those are the guys that can look at LeBron in the face and be like, hey, actually, you don't want Russ. I've watched every game he's played in the last three years, and he's one of the worst defensive players in the league when you factor in his lack of focus. That was a conversation that would have happened if it was Masai Ujiri in the front office and not Rob Palinka. And so that, that, that's the next area of improvement here. It's funny looking back because the Laker fans literally protested outside of Staples Center in the summer of 2018, but there was this little lightning in a bottle that was caught with that 2020 team that won the title, and it diverted the focus away from the travesty that was taking place with the ownership group in the front office and bought them a ton of uh, margin for error, but they've made so many mistakes in the time since then that they have literally undone everything that that team had built. And that's really unfortunate but it's the reality of the situation. 
FanDuel Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And with FanDuel's same-game parlays, you can turn little bets into big paydays. For instance, you can bet on the Lakers to win and for LeBron James to score over 25 points to maximize your winnings. It's incredibly easy to use, payouts in as little as two hours. Plus, if you're a new customer, you get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Make every game feel like the finals all season long. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app or head to FanDuel.com and sign up using promo code Jason T to bet the NBA today and get your first bet risk-free. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app or head to FanDuel.com and sign up using promo code Jason T to bet the NBA today and get your first bet risk-free. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. In Tennessee Redline, Dial 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. 
Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, moving on to James Harden. So, obviously, there's a question of whether or not James Harden is dealing with something significant because it's been announced that he's not going to play again before the deadline and that he's going to miss the All-Star break. And I think this is a huge nothing burger, for lack of a better term. You know, I think there are two big angles to this. First of all, I think Daryl Morey knows that James Harden has struggled with fatigue and injury at the end of seasons before. Last season with his hamstring breaking down, and then in previous seasons, I mean, we don't have to get into it, but this guy has one of the most miserable playoff resumes that any NBA superstar in NBA in, in the history of the league has put together. And specifically at the end of series, I did a thing on Harden a long time ago that if you take a look at his numbers in the early games of a series compared to the end games of a series, they fall off a cliff. Some of that's fatigue related. Some of that's his lack of ingenuity and him being way too predictable, but that's all attached to each other. I think that they probably see this as an opportunity to buy him an extra two weeks of rest, understanding that he has had issues with that in the past. And then the other side of this is just simply optics. Like, James Harden took a lot of criticism, including from me, for the way he behaved on his way out of Brooklyn. That has to be addressed in some way, right? And an easy way is to blame the injuries, right? If you sit out for another two weeks, if he doesn't actually put on a Philadelphia 76ers jersey until late February, then he can at least claim the plausible deniability that he was hurt. And that was why things went south the way that they did. Lastly, on the Harden front, I think he's under a lot more pressure than Ben Simmons here. There's been a lot of talk about what it would be like for James Harden if he had to return to one of these places, or what it would be like for Ben Simmons to go on the road to Philly in a playoff series and have to play in front of that crowd, which would almost certainly be, you know, borderline 2011 Cavs booing LeBron type of intensity. But the truth of the matter is, is Ben Simmons is going up to Brooklyn as a role player. The pressure for that team's outcome falls on Kevin Durant. Because that's just the way the NBA works. When you're a superstar, even if you have a superstar partner, it falls on the perimeter initiator. It falls on the guy who has the ball in his hands at the end of the game. Going down to Philly, that's James Harden. I think right now we can all agree Joel Embiid's a better player. But because it's easy to double post players in the, in the league today, because Joel Embiid's not a great passer, and because of just the way the league becomes super physical in those late playoff environments, James Harden's the guy. He is going to determine their outcome. The difference between Philly winning the title or losing to a Brooklyn or Milwaukee in the second round is going to fall on James Harden and his decision-making and his ability to make shots. That is a lot of pressure. And the truth of the matter is, when you have the resume that he has, he's starting to build some variety. I talked a lot on the Saturday show about LeBron's variety and his success. Well, James Harden has variety in his failure. And adding another chapter to that story only further exacerbates that. And so he's under a lot of pressure here. But again, rest up. He's got two weeks off. You have a chance to make a run at it at the end. You have the talent. I don't believe James can outplay Kevin Durant or Giannis Antetokounmpo in a playoff series, but he's going to have his opportunity.
All right, before we get out of here tonight, this is going to be our first ever rendition of Power Rankings. We're going to call it Tim's Top 10. A couple of quick rules. The way that I am making these decisions is based on three things. One, who has been the best team overall. Two, who has been the best team of late. And lastly, who projects to be better in a postseason setting? I, you know, you guys know me. I am constantly a denigrator of the regular season. Not overall, but just I understand from my years watching the game that the postseason is almost an entirely different sport in the way that it's officiated, in the way that the teams are in terms of scheming and focus and effort. It's just a different sport. And so the ability to succeed on that level absolutely has to factor into these kinds of decisions. If the point of a power ranking is to say who's the best team, it's obviously going to be more complicated than who got on a hot streak in the regular season. But on that note, let's get started. So at 10, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. This group just keeps grinding out wins. They're 11-4 and four in their last 15 games, second in defense. Obviously, that's their story. They have all of this front court height, and that really bothers teams. It's just not usual in the NBA to face three seven-footers in the front court that are switching and flying around and protecting the rim. It's just difficult to deal with. But this team's biggest weakness will always be their ability to generate shots, especially in a playoff environment. In their last 15 games, they're 25th in offense. They rely heavily on Darius Garland to, to create everything, especially in pick and roll. And that's just something that's difficult to do in a playoff series when other teams are super physical and teams have times time to scheme. That's why they went after Karis LeVert. It gives them another guy who can help make these decisions at the end of the game. But if you're choosing in a playoff series, who's going to execute more in the half court, uh, LeVert and Darius Garland backcourt, or you know Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, or Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo, or Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, or James Harden and Joel Embiid. It's just, they're an exciting story, don't get me wrong, but they just don't have the offensive firepower to hang with the top dogs. Number nine, the Chicago Bulls. This, this is a team that's had a lot of up and down this season. They are 13 and 15 this year against 500 plus teams. That's been one of their biggest issues is their ability to hang with the top teams in the league. They're 23rd in defense over the last 15 games, which I think is really interesting because it's showing you how important Alex Caruso is and how important Lonzo Ball is as perimeter defenders. Those are two of the best perimeter defending guards, point of attack defending guards that we have in the league. And one of the things I've talked about a lot on the show is I believe basketball is trending in the direction of making perimeter defense immensely important. The ability to keep your man in front is one of the most underrated skills in the league. Without Lonzo and Caruso, this team has fallen apart. I have them at number nine. Number eight, the Toronto Raptors. They are fifth in net rating in their last 15 games. Pascal Siakam had a really rough night tonight, but coming into tonight in his previous 12 games, he was good for 25, 10, and 6 on 63% true shooting. That is just an outrageous stretch of two-way play from Pascal Siakam. He actually gives them legit firepower. He's had a really rough last couple of years in terms of injury and just being able to get into a rhythm. He was one of those guys that was clearly in a funk down in Tampa, but he looks like the best version of himself right now. That, that As a team, they're extremely athletic and very well coached. They're going to be really difficult to beat. Again, you're not going to pick them over those top guys, but they have a puncher's chance in any matchup just because of their firepower and their coaching and athleticism. Number seven, the Dallas Mavericks. They are fifth in defense and third in net rating in their last 15 games. Luka is in shape finally. He came into the season weighing like 260 pounds or something, which has been a huge problem for him this year. Um, but he's 
finally getting back into shape. And most, most importantly, he is finally embracing the defensive end of the ball. This is a team that has taken on a new identity this season. It used to be very much up and down the floor, lots of shooting, lots of Luka. We're going to try to outscore you. And they thrive in that switching environment, right? But now they're showing signs of being an elite defensive team. And I've always believed in the NBA that the elite defensive team that has some offensive shortcomings but that has a really good offensive player is a more dangerous playoff team than, you know, your offensive-oriented teams, teams like the Utah Jazz, teams like the Phoenix Suns back when they had Steve Nash. You know, that's why – Allen Iverson got to the finals. That's why LeBron got to the finals a few times. And clear, it's easier when you just have a bunch of guys that defend, and then he can create everything. I like that direction that Dallas is going in. And then, little side note, I like that they ditched out uh, uh, Chris Apps Porzingis. The perfect first step in their long journey to find Luca a real co-star. Again, down the line a little bit, but that was the first step. You had to get off of all that money. Number six, the Miami Heat. They are fourth in defense in their last 15 games. They have great balance. In the last 15 games, nobody on the team is averaging more than 20 points, but they have six guys averaging at least 10. They, and they have the high-end creation in Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler that we've seen translate in the playoffs. They are a dark horse team to knock out the Milwaukee Bucks, in my opinion, because of all their athleticism in the front court. Having Jimmy Butler, having P.J. Tucker, having Bam Adebayo, having the game plan success that they've had against him in the past – They're one of those teams that has a real puncher's chance to knock off Milwaukee. Speaking of Milwaukee, I have them at number five. They are losing way more games than they should, which continues to be the case. They have like a nice dominant stretch, and then they go beat the crap out of the Clippers and Lakers, and then they get absolutely rolled by the Phoenix Suns. The biggest glaring problem with them this year is their defense has slipped. They are 12th in defense on the season, 16th in their last 15 games. And as you guys always hear from me on the show – You have to be a top 10 defense to win a title unless you're the 2018 Warriors. That's pretty much what NBA history tells us. If you don't have Shaquille freaking O'Neal or Kevin Durant and and Steph Curry, you can't afford to not be a top 10 defense. And Milwaukee has let way too much slip on that end of the floor this year. They will get beat unless they tighten that up here over the course of the next couple of months. Number four, our high riser, our new team in the mix is the Boston Celtics. They're 12-3 and in their last 15 games. They have a 99 defensive rating in that stretch, which is way ahead of everybody else in the field. I think second place is a 106 uh, in that regard. They switch everything with a ton of really big athletes, which is like modern basketball personified. I saw a stat earlier today when Robert Williams is on the floor with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. In over 700 minutes this year, they are outscoring opponents by more than 18 points per 100 possessions. That is a bonafide championship contender stat. That's not a last 15 game stat, mind you. That's an entire season stat. So even in the muck of all their mediocrity to start the season, they have like a really good, you know, foundation to fall back on, which is when we have Robert Williams holding things down underneath the, uh, underneath the basket and we have Tatum and Brown on the floor, we're good. They're, we're really, really good. And that's, that's something real that you can build on. I like the Derek White addition. He gives them a little bit more playmaking. He's a great assist to turnover guy. Tatum and Brown, they've always struggled with generating quality shots for their teammates. Derek White gives them a little bit of that. They have a lot to go up still. They can get a lot better. Over their last 15 games, both Tatum and Brown are shooting below 32% from three. So if they start making shots, this could even go to another level. Number two, the Memphis Grizzlies. They are top seven in both offense and defense for the season. They are consistent. They are fourth in net rating over their last 15 games. They are 11-4 in that stretch. They are loaded in athleticism. 
They have a ton of shooting guys that can space the floor and they have legit inside presences with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams. But most importantly, the thing that makes me so excited about them, the reason why they project well in the postseason setting, and the reason why I have them at number two is John Morant. He is a legitimately unguardable offensive weapon. I said on the show a while back, and I truly believe it, he has the potential to go on a 2006 Dwayne Wade type of playoff run. Because not only are teams completely ill-equipped to stay in front of him or bother him around the basket, but refs have no idea what to do with this guy. They have no idea what to call as he comes flying into the lane, just like 06 Wade, and falls on the ground half the time. And that's just a wrinkle that could swing a playoff series. So they, they, they are not a pretender. They are not an exciting up-and-coming story. They are not a young team with a ton of potential. They are a bona fide championship contender and I have them at number two. Number one, our runaway number one all season, the Phoenix Suns. They are 14-1 and one in their last 15 games. They are five games up in the loss column on the second overall seed right now. They are utterly dominating everybody. They have absolutely no weaknesses. They have a great playmaker. They have a great isolation score. They have great size on the wing. Their size on the wing can all shoot. They have big, strong bodies to throw at wings. They have tall, skinny, athletic bodies to throw at wings. They have an interior presence in DeAndre Ayton, and they finally got him a good backup in JaVale McGee. They are good across the board, except for the fact that they don't have that elite high-end star power. That will be the ultimate question surrounding the Phoenix Suns this year. If you built a perfect basketball team that didn't have a super-duper star, can you win a title in the modern NBA? We're going to find out. Phoenix has been incredibly dominant. They're a legit contender that I believe in them. I just believe in those super-duper stars more, which is why I'm not sure that they can get the trophy. But right now, they're the undisputed number one in the list. All right, that is it for the first rendition of Tim's Top 10. That's all I have for tonight. Thank you guys so much for coming to hang out. We will have shows tomorrow and Wednesday. We will do it on Wednesday. We will be doing a normal post-game show after Lakers Jazz. As always, I appreciate your guys' support, and I will see you tomorrow night. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.